I'm Nancy Showalter, and you're listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome, all radical paradigm shifters and creative change makers. You who dare to create a better life and a better world, tap into the power that resides within you and use that power for constructive change. Hello again, and welcome to What Does It Mean to Be an Ascended Master? Let's start with Jesus of Nazareth, whose life was our supreme example of what it means to be a son of God and successfully pass through the initiations of the spiritual path back to God. Those initiations are the transfiguration, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension. Now, this does not mean that we will publicly experience these initiations or have to be physically crucified, even though Jesus did just that. It does mean that there are spiritual initiations that we must successfully pass through before we have that permanent reunion with God. And these initiations can take many forms in our individual lives. They don't have to be public, like the life of Jesus. So, what is an Ascended Master? Ascended Masters are like you and me, in that we all descended into the physical world from the same source, we lived on earth, and we are all ascending back to our source. The difference, of course, is that those we call Ascended Masters have completed their journeys, and we're still here. Now, whether we consciously know it or not, our soul's destiny is to return permanently to the I Am that I Am, and that reunion is called the Ascension when our identity is made permanent by the fire of God, thus the term Ascended Master. And many have ascended after mastering time and space and mastering the constructive use of the energy from their I Am God presence that sustains them here on earth. These masters dwell in higher dimensions and some reach back to help us achieve that same victory. They're also instrumental in helping us reclaim the earth for the light and to help usher in the next age, the Aquarian age, which is meant to be a golden age. It's important to note that people have ascended from all races, all religions and cultures of the world. The spiritual path back to God is not exclusive to any organization or religion. It's a result of the individual's right use of energy to create constructively in the matter world. This includes balancing what in the East is called karma and the West is called sin. This means any destructive uses of energy that may have occurred during various embodiments. It also means that the individual has fulfilled his or her purpose that he or she was created to fulfill. You have a unique blueprint that you are meant to manifest in the physical world. Another important distinction is that Ascended Masters are different from other interdimensional beings. They have mastered time and space. They have ascended back to their God Source, and they no longer require physical embodiments to evolve. Their continued evolution is in the higher spiritual realms. They use their spherical light bodies for interdimensional travel and have far greater spiritual mastery than beings that require spaceships. 
They are not beings in UFOs, nor are they the same as beings from other planets that come to Earth in spaceships and say they're here to save us. Rather, the Ascended Masters are the teachers of mankind that inspire and motivate our spiritual growth. They never interfere with our free will. In fact, they are limited to even act in this dimension unless they are asked to intervene. And this can happen either consciously from those who know of their existence or from the prayers of mankind in a general sense who are praying for spiritual help. They are spiritual beings who once walked on earth themselves, and as a result of their own mastery, they offer to teach and support us on the spiritual path that will take us back to our God source. The Ascended Masters are also part of a spiritual brotherhood that is referred to as the Great White Brotherhood, and the name White Brotherhood refers to the white light of source that dwells within each of us. It has nothing to do with physical race. These masters assist us with our individual spiritual evolution as well as the planet as a whole as long as we're open to their assistance. Again, they never interfere with our free will. This brotherhood also includes souls of light on earth that are not yet ascended but are part of the brotherhood and work with the masters in greater service to the planet. Undoubtedly, again, the most well-known master known in the world is the Master Jesus, whose incarnation was our salvation, as he demonstrated what it means to be the Christ on earth, and how we too must follow in his footsteps to be the Christ on earth and to ascend back to God the Father. Now these masters have been making themselves known in a more public way since the 1800s. They've worked with and sponsored a number of individuals and organizations, and probably the most notable organization began with Helena Blavatsky, founder of the Theosophical Society. Blavatsky wrote that she had been seeing her teacher in her dreams, and that in 1851, on her birthday, she met him for the first time in Hyde Park in London, and he gave her the message that he needs her participation in the work he's going to undertake. Madame Blavatsky spent a number of years traveling with her teacher, who she referred to as K.H., which was short for Kutumi, and which we know today as the Ascended Master Kathumi. She recorded these years of travel with him in her book, From the Caves and Jungles of Hindustan, which was written as a novel with fictitious names, but which she said the facts and the persons that she cited and wrote about were true. The Master M also worked with Blavatsky, and we know that Master M today as the Ascended Master El Moria. Now, if you look at the life of Blavatsky, you might wonder why a Master would choose someone like her to bring forth spiritual teachings. But if you look throughout history, it's not the first time God has raised up an imperfect servant to serve him, and it probably won't be the last time since none of us is perfect. While we don't know exactly the criteria the Masters used to choose someone to work with as a messenger, we can observe as we look at the series of messengers for the Masters, most of them are of strong character and able to withstand the slings and arrows that are hurled at them for bringing forth higher teachings that folks don't always want to hear. Or, when they are in a role to stand up to those who are not serving the light but are in positions of power to control the people. 
and no doubt the individual's previous embodiments and their individual divine plans very likely has much to do with their choice also. Then in the early 1930s, Guy Ballard, who was well-read in theosophy, had an encounter with the Ascended Master St. Germain while hiking on Mount Shasta when looking for an esoteric brotherhood. Guy and his wife, Edna, began receiving the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and as their messengers together delivered nearly 4,000 dictations, some written and some spoken through them. They also published Guy's experiences on Mount Shasta with St. Germain, as well as teachings from other masters, and these experiences and their basic teachings are recorded in their first three publications. They also founded the I Am Movement. Following that, there was a 10-year period where Geraldine Innocente, who founded the Bridge to Freedom, received dictations and teachings from the Ascended Masters as well. Then in 1958, Mark Prophet founded the Summit Lighthouse, who was later joined by his wife, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, who together received the teachings of the Ascended Masters as their messengers. As stated in their book, The Masters and Their Retreats, and I quote, Elizabeth Clare Prophet is an author, teacher, and messenger, and like her late husband, Mark Prophet, her calling is to be a prophet of God or one who delivers the word of God. In this role as a messenger, she communes with angels and masterful beings of light through the power of the Holy Spirit in the manner of the ancient prophets and apostles, and she delivers their messages to the world. These messages contain the words of the heavenly host as dictations, as well as a transfer of light for soul quickening and initiations. That's the end of the quote from the book. Well, between these two messengers, Mark and Elizabeth Prophet, they have thousands of hours of dictations from the Masters and have published well over 75 books. Mark Prophet passed on, made his ascension in 1973, and is currently known as the Ascended Master Lanello. Elizabeth continued the organization. In 1975, she founded Church Universal Triumphant, and she led both organizations until she retired in 1999. She passed on 10 years later then in 2009. So here we have the evolution of the Ascended Masters making themselves known to the outer world and bringing these vital teachings and path to our outer knowledge so that every person on earth can find his or her way back to God. I don't believe any of these messengers call themselves masters, but rather they consider themselves the Ascended Masters messengers and amanuensis, communicating what was dictated to them. Now, of course, the Masters continue to work with individuals and organizations from all over the world who are open to work with them. So, let's talk about some of the Ascended Masters. You know, I can't help commenting on how so many people in the world strive to be good and look forward to going to heaven yet have a difficult time accepting that there are many who have already done just that. There are numerous individuals from all religions, races, and parts of the world who have made their ascension, that final reunion with the I Am that I Am, and are now in the heavenly realms. Of course, not all ascended beings are known to us, but we do know quite a few. 
Some of the more well-known masters from both East and West traditions are Jesus, Gautama Buddha, Mother Mary, Kuan Yin, El Moria, Maitreya, Kathumi, and Saint Germain. And speaking of the heaven world, Jesus said that in his father's house there were many mansions, many places, and states of consciousness. And the masters describe this as 33 levels of the spirit world that are of a higher vibration than the earth, and 33 levels that are in a lower vibration than the earth. These lower levels are what some call hell, and the higher levels, heaven. And when we cross over, we go to the level where our vibration matches. And the interesting thing is that we can see many of the different levels outpictured right here on earth. For instance, we can see very good people, even holy individuals. And then we can see some very sick people who commit heinous acts of violence that some of us can't even imagine could ever happen. And everything in between that. And some people say our heaven and hell are right here on earth. And in some ways, that's true. Because what we call heaven and hell are states of consciousness. They are vibrational frequencies that even when we are in a physical body, we still match one of these frequencies. And of course, when we pass on, we still vibrate at a specific frequency, and that is where we gravitate to. You may have seen the movie, What Dreams May Come, where the man in the story, which is played by Robin Williams, searches in the afterlife for his wife who died in a car accident. And when he locates her, she is in one of the lower levels, and he has to go rescue her. And it's interesting because the way it's depicted closely parallels the way it is. When someone is caught in the illusion of darkness, it's very difficult for them to get out because it was their level of consciousness that brought them there in the first place. Another interesting movie is Astral City. It's the story of a soul that after his death went to various levels of the spirit world and then was allowed to convey his experiences back to a famous medium in Brazil. It very candidly shows his experiences, which of course may very well be dramatized in the movie, which is patterned after the book, so the book would give a more precise record of what he conveyed as his experience. And in this depiction, where it shows one level of the spiritual realms where this soul was, it also shows how there were beings from much higher realms that would occasionally visit their level to teach them. But you know, you can even think of a person who's alive and gets addicted to a highly addictive substance, whether it be drugs or alcohol. It's very difficult for them to pull themselves out of it. It usually takes intervention and help for them to get pulled out of it. And if you were to try to help them by joining them and taking the drugs or becoming an alcoholic, you yourself might get caught in the same addiction and need help getting out. So that isn't the best approach to help someone trapped in an addiction or serious negative patterns. Rather, we reach to them and relate to them and help pull them up until they can sustain themselves in a different state. So the Ascended Masters dwell in the highest levels of our heaven world. Nevertheless, they too evolve. Our spiritual evolution never ends. When we pass on, we go to the level that matches our consciousness and continue to evolve in the spiritual realms and then return to Earth for another embodiment if that is what is required. 
The ascension happens when we have fulfilled our reason for being, when we have balanced at least 51% of our karma and have a vibrational match with the I am that I am, the Father, Mother, God, and merge with that identity and are then free from the rounds of rebirth. But if less than 100% of your karma has been balanced when you ascend, you then work from the other side to balance the remainder before you're free to move to much higher levels. Life really is a sacred adventure, and we are not alone. And despite what the world looks like, it is a sacred adventure. And if you're not living it, then it's time to reassess. In our next episode, we're going to talk more about the message of Jesus' life to us and what it means to walk the path of personal Christhood. Until then, keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. I'm Nancy Showalter, and you've been listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And to follow more of my work, visit me at nancyshowalter.com.